start well. Uh, one way of a starting well is, uh, you know, leaning into the things of God. And we're going to talk about that. I love the fact that uh, Daniel uh, introduced the song about victory and victorious living. I think that most of us want to live a victorious living, uh, but sometimes we just let ourselves get in the way. Great time to say. I'm, uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take our offering right now in the front end of things today. Um, we're really grateful for your support. We're a local church-supported uh, ministry. Uh, we have our online giving, and I know many of you use that, but we'll just have uh, the ushers come forward and take the offering. And it's a great time to put your Connect card in the bag as it comes around, please. I appreciate that. Uh, God bless you. God bless you for your faithfulness, and I pray that God multiplies your household. Also, I want to also give a kind of a... Uh, an opportunity here. Uh, Chuck Missler is in heaven rejoicing right now. He's, he's passed on, but he's a tremendous Bible teacher. And he has this course on YouTube called Learn the Bible in 24 Hours. There's 24 sessions, goes from Genesis to Revelation. Um, you will get in that 24 hours what most people have to take six years to learn. This man is brilliant when it comes to imparting the Word of God historically and all of that. So there's 24 roughly one-hour sessions. And if you want to lean in and have a better understanding of Scripture, uh, go to YouTube, type in Learn the Bible in 24 Hours, and, and you know, go for it. And I'll tell you, some of it's going to be, really? Chuck Missler? Um, he, he, I was first introduced to him when I was a part of Calvary Chapel. Uh, he, he's just a great Bible teacher. Um, I've listened to most of this. I've listened to him quite often. He's very solid. Let me put it that way. He's a solid communicator and Bible teacher. Anyways, um, I trust him. Uh, you know, I don't know if I would say I agree with everything he says, but I... Of course, I don't agree with anybody on everything they say. So, <laughs> But I tell you, I tell you, let me give you some good advice. Listen to me and agree with everything I say, and you'll do better on this one. Okay, I got some naysayers. All right. Look, we're going we're gonna to continue with the uh, title, The Main and the Plain. Um, you know, as we're thinking about leaning forward in the beginning of a new year, many of us, you know, make decisions of, of what we want to do better, right? Uh, the great thing about a new year is, praise God, the back, the back of us is over and done with, and we get to develop some front end in, the, in our new year. And so in, in saying that, we have some heart, our heart is for all of us to become better students of uh, Jesus and of the Scripture, and I want to begin by reading out of Hebrews chapter 4. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit, and of the joints and the marrow. And it, I mean marrow. And it just, it just really says what it's saying there is, it is not stoppable. 
And it is discerning of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Speaking of the scriptures. And there is no creature hidden from its, his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. It goes on to say in verse 14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize or sympathetic with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are. Now think about it. Jesus was tempted in everything that you and I have been tempted with, but he did not fail like we did. Yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Now that is a great word for all of us. We can come to Jesus and we're going to find help in the time of need. And maybe you're like me, where as we move forward, what Paul said in Galatians, where he says, the old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved who loved me and gave himself for me. It is not I live any longer, but Christ who lives in me. If you've given your life to Christ, if you've asked Christ to come to be Lord in your life, you identify with the scripture. We can also go to 2 Corinthians 3.18. So all of us who have, who have had a, the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. And that's what the importance of the Word of God is for you and I. It helps us change from the inside out to become more like Christ. Christ is not... He's obtainable. He's real. He's tangible. He moves in our midst. Matter of fact, Jesus, we're grateful that you're here with us today. We're grateful that your spirit is moving in our midst right now. We're grateful for the Holy Spirit's encouragement. We're grateful and we want to acknowledge your presence. We want to be a people of your presence, Lord. We don't want to just talk about it, but we want to live in it. And we invite you to change us in the midst of time, to change us in this moment. We invite you to come and take our fears. We invite you to come and take the obstacles of our lives that hinders us from recognizing the fullness of who you are. We invite you. We need your help. Because left to myself, O oh God, I'm going to live in my obstacles. Because they grab a hold of me pretty tightly, right? And so as we move forward and as we have on display here, loving God and loving people, we want to acknowledge the fact that we are a people that that veil has been moved and that we are opened ourselves up in a place of transparency to the one is the mo who is the most transparent, Jesus, who is giving us. Everything for us. 
when he said, you know, the scribe came to Jesus and said, oh, you know, and they're always trying to test him. The religious were always, you know, Jesus really, really irritates the religious, right? He was so good at it. I'd really like that anointing. But he did it so well, he, he passed me over. Anyways. And the scribe came and he said, and Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest com- com- commandment. And then he went on. And the second one is great as well. He went on and say, And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law, all demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love God with everything. And then your neighbor is yourself. Most of us, if you're like me, you spend most of your life in between those two. Asking, Lord, how can I love somebody I don't like? How do I love somebody that irritates me to death? How do you do that? Well, you don't do it by living in the midst of your obstacles. You do it by saying, Jesus, I need your help. You need to change me so I can see people differently. Because left to myself, I'm going to see everybody through a veil that's negative and not full of love and not full of the fruit of the Spirit. And as as we said today, as Mina said today, as she read the scripture, who do you say that I am? Who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus for you? Is he somebody that you grew up with hearing about in Sunday school? Maybe you grew up in Sunday school, maybe not. Maybe you've come in later in life and discovered who Jesus is, but who do you say he is? You possibly would say he's the savior of the world. The follow-up question I would have, but who do you say he is? Is he your savior? Is he your God? And then the next question would be, what level are you willing, what is the level of your willingness to follow him? Is he, he's the savior of the world, but I'm going to live my life my way? How's that working out? I should, say, I should pass out little pieces of paper and you guys could tell me. This is how this is not working. This is not working out so well. Okay. Anyways, I'm just assuming that you're a little bit like me. It didn't work out very well for me. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. But then he says, will you follow me? Will you pick up your cross and follow Jesus? That's the ultimate question. Yes, you say that I'm Lord. You say that I'm God. You say that I'm the creator. Will you follow me? See, that's the big question. That's always the big question. Will you follow me? I believe that many of us in this room would, would say, well, I pray that I might know Jesus more intimately. That's a good prayer. Lord, that I might know you. Lord, that I might know your love 
and that your love would change me. And as you change me, it's recognizable. It's something that we can see. And so Jesus would say, in the course of his travel and his journey on this earth, as he was speaking to Peter, and as he was speaking to John, and and Matthew, and Andrew, and as he, he was moving forward to them, he would say to them in chapter 14 of John, he would say, if you love me, obey my words, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. The word there is parakletus. It's a Greek word. It means helper, or the one who comes alongside of us. The one that helps us to live this Christian life, this life of following Jesus. The one that Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. He will never leave you, the scripture says. That's what Jesus says. I'm leaving, and I'm going to give you an advocate. I'm going to give you a helper. He is the Holy Spirit. He will come alongside you, and He will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you in all truth. He will lead you in all truth. He will help you discern. He will give you guidance as you have a devotional life in the Word, as you study the Word, as you become a student, a disciple. One who says, I want to follow you in the roaring 20s, Jesus. That's what we're talking about. We've left the night, the 19, 2019. Behold, all things are made new. Roaring 20s, here we come. Just saying, being a man of the scripture, trying to be anyways. Anyways, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. I want to acknowledge the fact that the presence of the Holy Spirit is here and now. I also want to acknowledge the fact that he lives in me. He is a part of myself. The scripture says in Timothy that our vessel is a a dwelling place of the presence of God. You and I. It isn't like Mina said today, the church. The presence of God lives in us. And wherever we go, the church goes. Now, you need to think about that. He goes on to say, Jesus says, No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. And soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since I live, you also will live. Now that is a promise of the eternal God. Because I live, you will live. And the Bible goes on to say, Because I live, live, you become more than overcomers. You will live a changed life in a dark world. You will live a changed life in a difficult world. You will be different. You will become what you were created to be from the beginning of time. You will become what we call our true self. There is a self in each and every one of us that Christ created, that he draws out of us, that we become. We just see ourselves as broken people that get healed. No, it's so much more than that. We are a people that were created in His image. In His image. And as we accept Him, we begin to discover that image that He placed in us before we're even a thought, as Psalm 139 says. And we, we, we grow into that image as we say yes to Jesus. Goes on in verse 20. 
When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father. And you will, and you are in me, and I am in you. I am in you. I'm with you. I'm for you. You live because of me. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. Now, this is very important. We've got to get back to the main and plain. Obedience. I know it's not a very correct political word today, but it's a real biblical word. Obedience to the things of the kingdom. Obedience to Jesus is important for those who walk with him. We don't get to pick and choose. Trust me, I wish we did, but we don't. And the Bible gives us instructions and direction. As we move forward, I pray that each and every one of us are challenged in a way that is pleasing to Jesus. And we say yes to him. We say yes to him. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. I would pray today that those of you that don't know Jesus for who he truly is, that veil would be uh, tore down and pierced through. He goes on in, in chapter 16 of John. He says this in verse 12. It says, There is so much more I want to tell you, Jesus, preparing his disciples. He's leaving. They don't, you know, they, they hear it. But they don't know it. I mean, we, have, we can look back and we know the history. They hear it, but they don't know totally what's going to happen. But you can't bear it now. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own, but he will tell you what I have heard. In other words, the Holy Spirit will always exalt Jesus. Is really what he's saying here. He's the exalter of Jesus. He's here now. He will tell you about the future. He will bring the glory by tell, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I say the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Lord, we would just confess to you today that we need to grow. We want to acknowledge the Holy Spirit. We want to acknowledge the Holy Spirit in this place today. Maybe some of you are like Paul when he was on what is typically known as his third missionary journey or his third, third preaching tour uh, as he was going through. And he comes to uh, Acts 19. And then he runs into some gentlemen there and that was... From what I can understand, it was disciples of Apollo. And, you know, Paul is coming through. He's there in Ephesus, and he's there in Acts 19. And he says, well, Paulus was in Corinth. Paul traveled through the interior region until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Did you, did, do you understand? Did you receive and it said, <clears throat> did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? He asked them. No, they replied. 
we haven't even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul, he meets these gentlemen. They're believers. They're, 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 they've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And he said, well, hey, brothers. Have you been told about the Holy Spirit? And here Paul is just thinking about the one that comes alongside of you and illuminates the word of God for you. And, and as, you, as you're traveling, as you're evangelizing, evangelizes, fills your heart for love for those that don't know him, imparts into you and the healing power of heaven inside of you. And maybe there's those of us here today that if you've always heard about the salvation of Jesus. And you're not denying that. You accept who Jesus is. But if you're going to be honest, you feel like you have a powerless life. You don't see, you're not overcoming. And Jesus, for his church, for his followers, wants us to live victoriously in the midst of a dark, perverse world generation that we live in today. He wants us to be victorious. He doesn't want you to be a slave to other things. He doesn't want you to be a slave to pornography. He don't want you to be addicted to substances of all kinds. He doesn't want you to be addicted to romance novels. He doesn't want you to be addicted to relationships. He wants you to be free. He doesn't want you to be fearful of lack of security in our lives. He doesn't want us to be fearful what the future may look like. And I can tell you, I've read the Bible, it's not looking good. But we that know Jesus know the outcome. And it looks really good for those who are to follow Christ, right? But in the midst of all of that, he wants us to be victorious. He wants us to live a life that reflects the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember early on in Acts, he, Jesus told his disciples to go, you go to Jerusalem, wait and wait until the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And this is what Paul's referring to. And he goes on in verse 3, he said, he says this, Then what baptism did you experience? And they asked, well, they replied, the baptism of John. What was the baptism of John? It was a baptism of re repentance, acknowledgement of their sin. So, John, so Paul continues his dialogue, and he, Paul says, John's baptism called to repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus, right? And he goes on and says, And as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues, and they prophesied. And there were about 12 men there in all. This is make you nervous.
I'm going to be honest, every time I see the Spirit of God move, I get nervous. I'm just going to be honest about it. And I've been doing this a long time. But I think it's more of a reverence for me. But my question is to all of us, even if you understand that there's this, there's, there's this leading and guiding and empowerment of the Holy Spirit, have you been responding to the Holy Spirit? And then there's those of us that are here now, they're going, well, whatever that is, I want it. I need it. Because I need the power in my life to make my life different and to change. And that is what the Holy Spirit is here for us today. And I can't see moving into the roaring 20s without the roaring God. Right? And so, I, my, I believe we should ask the Holy Spirit to come. Now, He's here. And when you ask... When you ask for God to come, He comes. He says, those that call upon my name shall be saved. There's empowerment for change. And um, maybe you're here this morning and you're going, Bill, I need something. And I'm going to be honest with you. I recognize as I even began to read this and I, I thought about the situation that Paul had with these 12 men. And I thought, you know, I think many of us probably need an introduction, a, re, a kind of a renewal, if you will, of the presence of the, of, of the Paracletus, the presence of God's advocate for us so that we can live a life that is honoring to God. Because outside of that, I think all of us are working hard to do the right thing, right? Isn't it easier to do the right thing when it, it comes out of passion and some, some renewal inside of us? And so my, my thoughts today, if you are willing and willing to take the risk, and I know right now I'm beginning to make people nervous. Yes. But if we're willing, and I'm including myself, we do this together. Say, Lord, I need, I need to move into the roaring 20s with the roaring God under the empowerment of your paracletus, of your advocate, of your helper, and a renewal of that, because I do want to be more than an overcomer, because I do want to represent your kingdom and your presence, and because I do want to love better, and because I do want to have the fullness of God in my life. I'm just going to ask you to stand up. So just quiet yourself within yourself. Just kind of take a big breath together. Let it out. Kind of relax a little bit. Holy Spirit, I understand and acknowledge your presence. Your graciousness to each and every one of us. Your healing presence here now. Your presence that uh, changes everything. Your presence it just changes everything. And I just ask you to come for each and every one of us because we've said yes to you. 
we were making a, a public declaration of our need, of our desire to live a life that honors the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. And I ask you to come. I ask you to come with your power. I ask you to come with your love. I ask you to come with your, your transforming presence for each and every one of us. What Paul said in Romans 12, that you transform us. And we open our body, we open ourselves up to you willingly and say yes to you. We say yes to you. Change the way we think. Give us a hunger and thirst for your word. Let us move into these 20s understanding that you have something very special for each and every one of us individually and as a whole. We ask you to come. Let it come now. Let it come. And as the Spirit of God just moves on you, as you sense his presence, talk to him. Some of you are here and you need to give your life to Jesus. Jesus, And all you have to say is, Jesus saved my life. Just say that to him right now. He comes with his saving power. Some of us are dealing with physical issues. Come and touch me and give me, get, heal my heart, heal my body, and heal my attitude. Right? Move, Lord. Come. Come now. I'm going to ask the worship team to come forward. And as I do that, I want to pray this prayer for all of us. Eternal Lord and King of creation, humbly we come before you. We are moved by your grace to offer ourselves to you and your work. We deeply desire to be with you in acceptance of, and we accept all of our wrongs And how we've been rejecting. And we say Lord we want to be a spirit led people. And we desperately choose this. We want to serve you. With our whole being. And we ask these things. In the name of Jesus. As we sing this next song, just let the words and, and just give, continue in that place of Jesus, Holy Spirit, advocate, helper, lead us in all truth, excite us again about walking with you. Amen. So there's many of us in this room that you really, you know, just need a personal word of encouragement. And we have our ministry team here. And I know they can do that. And the Lord is here for you. And he's here for you to, 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 to move in a changed life and to live that victorious life. So I invite you to come and get and get and get prayer. Um, well.
Let me put it this way. The Holy Spirit wants to encourage you. And we have those here that the Holy Spirit will use to do that very thing. So Lord, we just ask as we move through the into the 20s that you break off all the afflictions of the 2019. And we ask you, Lord, that you give us a new, a new heart, a new vision, a great expectation of what you want to do, not only with us, but as a community. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I look forward to seeing everybody next week. Please come up and get prayer. God bless you.